podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jake Jackman. Hello and welcome to episode two of A Tad Predictable. We made it to episode two, uh, so that's good news. And, you know, if you're going to go to episode two and you want to go two for two, I thought it was a smart idea to bring back another EPL roundtable staple, well, one, one of the... One of the staples of EPL Roundtable, Jake Jackman. Um, you'll see him on EPL Index website as well. And um, yeah, Jake, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to get into these uh, rounds of fixtures and uh, try and get some predictions right, hopefully. Yeah, look, uh, you've, you've got a tall task because Dan sets the standard pretty high and, and he's quite bullish about his picks. So uh, no pressure, hey? Yeah, let's uh, hope I can live up to down standard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and, and as always, uh, before we we get going and diving deep into this, I'm just going to pay some bills quickly. Um, so just a quick quick plug to say that this show is presented by EPLindex.com in association with your presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. Um, I know that some of the Premier League games, especially for this month of September, uh, are all going to be available in the UK. But if that doesn't continue, and even just if, if, if you want to not have to deal with any hassles, I highly recommend just getting a VPN and, and totally unbiased. Uh, Liberty Shield is, is the best in the business for me. Um, but Jake, uh, we had a really spicy opening weekend. There were a few score lines that maybe jumped out. What what was your thoughts on on the opening weekend's games? Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was a bit um, weird having football back so soon after the previous season, but um, I guess that's something that we've all come to deal with now, and it's nice to have it back. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the games. I thought that there there were some teams that delivered what I thought they would. I thought Arsenal were really good um, against Fulham. I thought the the three promoted teams. Um, Definitely um, learned something about the Premier League, I thought. Um, Leeds were obviously the standout, but um, even Leeds, the, the intensity they played at and, and the spaces they left open at the back, um, I think Bielsa w- will now realise the task ahead for Leeds. And, and we spoke about it a little bit on the round table that I think that although many are predicting them to do well, um, I'm still a little bit cautious, but obviously they were great to watch. And I just... I'm excited to see them this weekend against Fulham uh, and seeing if they can 
continue to, to perform to that standard uh, and if their defence does slightly improve because it was against Liverpool of course um, so you've got to factor that in but yeah I thought it was a, it was a great round of opening fixtures um, but it for me I think it there were, weren't many surprises for me um, I think the main one was probably Crystal Palace I, I didn't expect them to beat Southampton but you know a new season starting Crystal Palace get back to what they do best and after shutting teams down and uh Nick in on the counter-attack and I thought Wilfred Zaha was very good in that game. So uh, when we come on to Palace a little bit later against Manchester United, maybe I'll be a little bit kinder to them. But no, it's a really, really good opening round of fixtures and I think that it's just whetted the appetite for what is to come. Yeah, for for me, I was pleasantly surprised with how many goals we saw this weekend. Uh, not all the games, but quite a few of the games. Um, you know, you look at Arsenal 3-0, uh, <laughs> Liverpool leads 4-3 uh, I, I don't know if anyone got that one right if if anyone did get that right please give me a shout and then share your secrets um, and then obviously we ended the weekend with um, two games on the Monday the 2-0 win for Wolves against Sheffield United and Chelsea beating Brighton 3-1 yeah so there were definitely goals to be had is, is that going to influence your predictions going into this show? Um, maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll come to see. I think that um, yeah, the three promoted teams they did all concede three goals, so I'd, I'd expect uh, all three of those to to get back on the training ground and maybe try and tighten up. So um, yeah, it, it was post lockdown there was there was a sort of a theme that there was fewer goals, so it's interesting that that has now switched. But um, yeah, it's, it's too early to to pull any overarching themes yet. It's only one week after all. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I suppose maybe, I don't know if it's as big a factor with such a short uh, break between the two leagues, but maybe just the players aren't as fit at the moment and chasing back isn't as fun as going forward. So likely to be more goals. Uh, I don't know if that plays into it. Um, But yeah, so this weekend, it's going to be an interesting one because you'll note that there are quite a few teams that have... EFL Cup uh, games this week. Uh, I don't know if it's still called the Carabao Cup. Shows how much care and attention I have for that for that tournament. But um, what are your thoughts on how that's going to influence any of the games? And additionally, is there a game that's standing out for you this weekend? Yeah, um, it will be interesting to see how that they um, how they play apart. I'd expect most Premier League teams that are involved in the EFL Cup to heavily rotate. Um, I think that at the moment their focus would definitely be on the Premier League. Um, and the EFL Cup is one of those competitions, especially if you're not one of the top six teams, you don't really pay much attention to it until you get to sort of the quarterfinal stage. So I think there'll be heavy rotation. So I don't think it should impact the matches at the weekend too much. Uh, there's also Tottenham going away in the Europa League as well. So that might be one to consider when we come on to Tottenham Southampton later. But um, yeah, I think um, this weekend, uh, the, the fixtures that stand out has got to be the Liverpool-Chelsea game. Um, for a neutral, that does stick out. I thought Liverpool um, came up against a, a, a Leeds team that did their homework. I thought they shut down the fullbacks well uh, and sort of forced a few defensive errors that we're not used to with Liverpool. So I'm sure Klopp will, will have seen that and will not want a similar show in defensively against Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea obviously got their 3-1 win against Brighton, but I didn't think they were too good. There was... I was expecting to be quite impressed with Chelsea with all the new players, but it does look like it's going to take them some time to gel. Um, and I thought Brighton played quite well. We're quite unfortunate to come away 3-1 uh, losers in that match. So, you know, it, it's a standout one. Um, 
But I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see if we see any development from that Chelsea team. Because, yeah, although they did win, I, I wasn't too impressed with them. And and with Liverpool, obviously the defensive uh, errors from last week, they'll want to cut those out. But well, they were still so good going forward. Um, and I'd expect them to see this this match against Chelsea as being their real start to the season and to get a, an early win over a potential title challenger. Although they're, they're still probably a few, a couple of years away from challenging at, at the very top. I'm going to have to agree with you there. Uh, I think maybe I'm a little bit biased being a Liverpool fan, but that does seem like such a tasty lineup. If If you're going to play this Chelsea team, I think playing them early is an advantage because by the time they get rolling, it, it, I think they're going to be really hard to stop, in, especially in terms of scoring goals, whether they can keep them out. that That's still to be answered, I think, with some of the transfers they're looking to do. I'm also looking forward to Man United Crystal Palace just because we haven't seen Man United yet. And Crystal Palace had such a good showing this past weekend, as as you mentioned, with Zaha looking good. I just want to see what Man United we get this season. Um, You know, I'm sure they're going to be desperate to get back to challenging for titles and and being the Man United that they knew, you know, during the Fergie era. So I I think Oli's got a, a little bit of pressure on him this year and will be interesting to see how they handle that first game. But you spoke about a lot of teams that would have the EFL Cups and them being probably being able to rotate. We'll kick the things off with two teams that are both playing in the EFL Cup and both teams probably nailed on to rotate considering their fixtures. Uh, it's Everton at Goodison Park playing West Brom. And I mentioned the EFL Cup. Everton will be playing Salford at home on Wednesday. West Brom will also be playing at home on Wednesday. They're going to be playing Harrogate. These these are teams that I'm assuming that Everton and West Brom will obviously respect in the sense that they, they want to go out and, and win the game and concentrate throughout the game. But they will probably be able to afford to rest some of their star players. You look at Goodison. I mean, you look, you look at Everton and how well they did against Spurs. I thought they dominated majority of that game. Only one by one nil, but hey, uh, you, you take the points at this stage. You got the likes of James Rodriguez that looked really, really lively. And then an Everton team, uh, West Brom team that's looking to bounce back, having lost 3 0 to Leicester City. You've mentioned them wanting to stop the, um, the bleeding a little bit, at, especially early on. You don't want to get into too much of a rut. How do you see this fixture panning out? Yeah, this is going to be a, an interesting one to learn a little bit more about both teams. Uh, as you say, Everton were really good against Spurs and were worthy winners and probably could have won by more on the day with Charles and missed a couple of chances. Um, but yeah, they, they brought in a whole new midfield and it looked to have clicked straight away. I thought Alain was very good. I thought Decore played quite well and, and Hammers obviously was was the one everybody was talking about afterwards. He looked to take to the Premier League straight away and, and he didn't look short of fitness like many thought he would. So um that was a really positive sign um, for Everton going forwards. And, and you'd have to look at this game um, against West Brom, a team that have just come up from the um, Championship. They've obviously been here before, but um, they sort of stuttered towards the end of last season in the Championship. And, and they didn't really, they weren't bringing any real form up. They haven't really strengthened too much. They've made a couple of loan signings permanent. I think Ivanovic has come in today. So they'll probably be hoping that he can add a little bit of uh, Premier League experience and leadership, but not sure how good he will still be at this level he is getting on a bit now but um yeah against uh, Leicester they were 
they sort of changed formation last year. They, I, I don't think I remember them playing five at the back ones and they've come up to the Premier League and sort of moved to that system. And it, they didn't look like they were ready to play it. They didn't look like they knew their roles. And um, yeah, they were one of the teams that I sort of looked at at the weekend and they delivered less than I thought they would. So it was a little bit of a worry for them. And it'll be interesting to see if they do change back to a formation that the players know a little bit more. But um, it's going to be a match that I expect Everton to have a lot of the ball. Um, it would be slightly different to the Spurs game in that Spurs were trying to push up. I think Doherty was going quite a lot at right back and it was leaving space for Richarlison to run into. Um, I don't think they'll get as much space in this game. So it'll be a different kind of test for the Everton team. They're going to have to break a team down. Um, they're going to be the ones that dominate possession and have the expectation on them. So it's a different game for them and it'll be interesting if they can um, break West Brom down and, and get another victory because I, I feel at the moment this Everton team, and, and I guess it's the thing with Everton for the last few years now, they, they really need positive momentum at the start of the season. Um, otherwise, it can go sour quite quickly. Um, I wouldn't expect that to happen under Ancelotti. I think that the supporters seem to have bought into what he's trying to do, but... I think after beating Spurs, they have to follow that up with a uh, another good result. And looking at the two teams at the weekend, you have to say they're heavy favourites uh, to win. And are you going to be? How bold are you going to be with your prediction for this one to start off your campaign this season on on a tad predictable? Yeah, I think um, I'd expect Everton to get a couple of goals. Um, West Brom. Although they didn't play too well, they weren't conceding too many clear-cut chances um, against Leicester. It was two penalties they gave away and you'd have to think that they're not going to be as clumsy in the box. That's something they're going to probably be working on this week. So I think it's going to be a frustrating game for Everton, but I can see them maybe getting a 2-0 win. I don't think they're going to go crazy or anything. But yeah, I think a 2-0 win to Everton will probably be my score prediction for this one. I think that that's a very good scoreline. Um it's definitely a game that's going to be difficult for West Brom and I can see them chasing a lot of the game throughout uh, all the 90 minutes. I, I, I'm i not sure where their firepower is going to be coming from, especially in this game early on. As you mentioned, the team maybe doesn't look as in sync as, as you'd want it to be considering the task ahead of them. I also don't, don't see West Brom scoring a goal. I'm going to go with 3-0 Everton. Uh, it, 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 it's, it seems like the Everton team is a lot further ahead than most of the teams uh, so far this season in terms of being in sync, considering how many players they brought in. I just think that they're going to be too much for West Brom. And I also think that, you know, first game at home, even though without any fans, I, I think Everton are, are going to want to capitalize on as much momentum as they've got now and, and really you know, make a charge for hopefully European football or, you know, if, if they can go higher than that, I think that will be an, an added bonus. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go 3-0 for, for Everton in that game. And, you know, we, we roll on with teams that have EFL Cup games this week. The next fixture list um, has Leeds United versus Fulham, the two promoted teams. You You'd hope that... Or, you know, from Fulham's perspective, they would hope that maybe the competition is a bit more, the game is a bit more competitive than it was against the Arsenal side that that, that saw run, um, them running away with the win there. Uh, Leeds, they would have been happy with how they performed against Liverpool. Maybe not so much in the concentration for the last goal and also, you know, conceding that many goals, but it's Liverpool. Uh 
how do you see the two promoted teams locking locking heads in this one? I think um, for promoted teams to come up and, and play against each other quite early, I, I think they'll both be looking at this fixture as one that they'll be hoping to get a win. Um, looking at the, the head-to-head record down uh, recently um, in the championship, I think Leeds won their last meeting in lockdown 3-0, but before then, uh, Fulham were were unbeaten in, in six um, six or seven matches against Leeds. So it's a fixture that Fulham quite like. So um, they'll be looking at it as one that they could potentially get a result from. But if you're looking at the opening weekend, um, Fulham just looks short of quality in, in several areas. Um, I don't... There was a couple of moments early on when Arsenal looked nervy, but after that, I just thought that Fulham just barely got a glove on Arsenal. Of course, it's a tough opening fixture uh, for a promoted team, but they just... They look like they needed a bit of quality across the pitch. And um, I know they made a few signings. None of them really featured um, at the weekend. So I maybe expect them, a, a few of those to come in so, uh, to see if that makes a difference. But um, I think there's a, a huge job ahead of Scott Parker to to get this team competing at a Premier League level. Um, and I think they're going to go to Leeds and they'll probably try to be quite aggressive and try to... Um, sort of play lead their own game a little bit they did that in in the, the fixture in lockdown and it didn't really go to plan I think the Leeds you know it's their first home game back at back in the Premier League for for over a decade so they're going to be up for this game it's slightly unfortunate it's not fans there to see it but I think they're going to be looking at us and thinking they've, they've got to start off their their Premier League home campaign with a win um, and I think I think they'll probably do that um they were really impressive against Liverpool. Uh, the way they their game plan, especially, I thought defensively they looked a little bit questionable. But um, I think against Fulham, they're going to have more of the ball. They're going to be able to dominate the ball a little bit more. Um, they're going to be able to get their fullbacks a little bit higher up the pitch, and they were quite a big avenue for goals last season, um, both creatively and scoring them. So it'd be good to see those two getting forward. And yeah, I think that um, we might see Rodrigo coming from the start as well uh, despite him giving away that penalty towards the end there I think that he might come in and, and play alongside Bamford or maybe play him on the wider positions so um, yeah I'd be quite confident if I was a Leeds fan um, Mitrovic coming back might cause a little bit of a headache I thought he, he looked lively when he came on against Arsenal and he's definitely the biggest goal threat in that Fulham team but um, I can't see Leeds not not winning this game um, I think for a score prediction I think I I think I'd probably go two nil again. I'm not going to go two nil for every game, but I think it, it it suits quite well here. I can't don't think Leeds are going to blow Fulham away, um, but I think that they they, they should be convincing winners. I I, I agree with that scoreline. I I was going to go with two nil as well, but I I think I'm going to change mine. Or, or should we double? You know what? Let's double down. We're going to lock this game at two nil. You know, if both of us are saying it's two 0 I think that's pretty much safe, safe as houses. Are you are you, are you confident in that scoreline and and happy for all of the listeners to go and just bank that one? Yeah, I'm happy for them to go and bank that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and for my game of the week, although you know you've got that Chelsea and Liverpool game, uh, I think this game, as I mentioned, is going to be a tasty one in terms of Man United and Crystal Palace and getting to see what kind of Man United we're going to get this season. Obviously, it will only be their first game back, so you know you, you can't really judge a whole season on one game. But just to get an idea and a glimpse of what they're going to be bringing this season, 
I'm looking at uh, Crystal Palace's injury list and it, it, it does not look good. And yet last week they were able to dig deep. You know, they, they had some youngsters playing, which is always good for any club to have youngsters coming through the academy. Uh, we've already seen youngsters like Juan Bissaka go and yet more youngsters are coming coming through in those fullback positions. So that's really exciting for them. Uh, and then you look at a Man United team that... I think they 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 saved themselves last season in in how they ended up the season. You know, the Premier League for me, being a, a league that has thirty eight games, you finish where you deserve to finish. I, I don't know how much luck there is to that. You could argue there is luck to it, but over a span of thirty eight games, um, you know, it's a credit to them for finishing strong. How do you see? Man United shaping up this season and you know and how much of of a chance are you giving Crystal Palace we saw them on the counter-attack looking very dangerous is that something we're going to see from them in this game yeah I think so um I think they're going to cause a threat I thought Zaha looked very lively um I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe Batshuayi and Eze came came into the team for this one either um and that would only provide them with more of a counter-attacking threat um, I thought Manchester United last season, post lockdown, that they were probably the best attacking team, maybe aside from City, um, in that period. But um, they were liable uh, to concede a few sloppy goals. Um, Bournemouth, I think, got a couple of Old Traffords. Uh, Southampton caused some real problems as well. And, and I'd expect Zaha and and AU uh, and um, if Eze plays and Batshuayi, I'd expect them to cause some real problems. But I just think Manchester United are going to, after their rest, they're going to be determined to come in and, and start with a win. Um, I think we're going to see Manchester United line up how they did in, in most of the games post-lockdown. I think we'll see um, Pogba and, and Bruno and Martial and Rashford and Greenwood. Um, we might see Van der Beek as well. Um, and, I, and I think that they'll they'll probably start with a win. Um I just think that they were they were they seem to have been the team that that benefited most from sort of the new normal in the Premier League and, and playing without fans. I thought that it benefited them um, slightly, and and I think that they'll probably start with a start with a win this weekend. I think that Palace will cause some problems. I could see both teams scoring, but um, yeah, I can see Manchester United running out winners, maybe three one. That's a bold one, um, especially considering Palace surprised us the, this past weekend. And in saying that, I think I'm going to back Palace to come away with some points in this game. I'm going to say it's going to be a 1-1 game. You know, you, you mentioned how the United team is going to be looking to continue their form at the end of last season. And, and I agreed with that to to some extent. But I just think, you know, they're going to be at a disadvantage not having played last week match fitness you know you you can train as much as you want but match fitness is is a whole nother ball game and the fact that crystal palace have won over them uh in terms of games crystal palace also played um you know tuesday the 15th of september which would be today but if if you're listening to it it would be um this comes out on thursday i think so the game would have already happened I think some of the Crystal Palace players will have played. Um, so to get even more minutes into their legs, um, I just I just have a feeling that they're going to have a little bit more energy than United and United might 
be done on the counter-attack just because they don't have the legs to get back. So I'm I'm going to go with the 1-1 in this game. Um, so, yeah, I think is this the first scoreline that we've disagreed on in terms of the end result? Are, are you still confident with your 3-1? Yeah, I, I think I am. I, th- I think you make some good points, and I def- definitely um, might um, regret going against Palace uh, like you both did last week. But um, <laughs> I think I've just I've just got a little bit of faith in Manchester United, and, and as much as the extra minutes may help Palace, um, could also have the adverse effect as well. And they might be a, a few fatigued players at the start of the season, um, playing so many games in in so few days. They try to build up the match fitness, so. Yeah, I think I think Manchester United should have enough, but um, could easily. I, it is a tricky game. I do agree with that, and and can see Palace causing them some problems. I definitely got burned last week, and I learnt my lesson. I'm I'm sorry, Crystal Palace and Crystal Palace fans for not backing you last week. Um, I hope I've redeemed myself in in going for a draw in this game. Look, a, a win seems a little bit more of a bonus in my opinion, but with the way they're playing at the moment, I, I wouldn't put it against them as well. But yeah, I'm going to stick with 1-1 for this game. Uh, a team that's looking to be firing on all cylinders, especially with the news that just came out that uh, Obama Young has signed a brand new three-year contract is Arsenal. You look at the good news coming out of that um, that club with you know FA Cup, Community Shield, win on their opening day. Uh, they, their leader, captain goal scorer he signs a new three-year contract and then you look at the you know what seems to be the complete opposite in terms of just morale at a club which is West Ham um they didn't have a great showing last week um but I'm, I'm sure you'd be happy to to talk more about how that game went against Newcastle how do you see this game coming you know it's a London derby they usually say form goes out the table for derbies but do do you think that's going to be the case in this game? Um, no, I yeah, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm struggling to to see West Ham getting a point for quite a while. I think they've got quite a difficult run of matches, um, and it was probably that Newcastle game on the opening day that they would have wanted to win, but they didn't. Um, they just seem following uh, everything that's gone on at West Ham, all the off off field um, issues, um, Dean Garner being sold, and Mark Noble tweeting about it. Um, and sort of criticising the owners. It, it doesn't look like a happy house there. Um, and it, it sort of showed on Saturday. They they created a few chances from set pieces. And I expect they'll cause Arsenal a few problems there. But um, overall, they just seem to lack the intensity. And there was definitely a, a case of a, an unhappy camp um, coming onto the pitch and, and not delivering up to the standards we expect. And, and I struggled to blame David Moyes for that either. I think he's been dealt a, a pretty rough hand. Um and yeah, Arsenal played so well on that opening day. You could argue maybe the most complete performance we saw from any team over the opening weekend. Um, Arsenal, they were good at the back. I think can see too many chances after a nervy start and created quite a few chances. Willian starting well. Um, Aubameyang scoring. Uh, they had pretty much the perfect opening day. And after this match, they've got some tricky fixtures. I think they've got Liverpool, uh, Manchester City and Manchester United coming up in their next five after this one. So... It's important they win these sort of games. And um, yeah, based on what I've seen from West Ham and what I've faced from Arsenal, um, yeah, I, I can't see any other result than a, a heavy Arsenal win. Um, and I think an early goal could really open the uh, open the floodgates in this one um, because West Ham, as soon as they did concede that goal uh, to Newcastle at the weekend, they 
they didn't really offer much else after that and um, they don't look like a team that can get themselves back into a game so yeah I'd, I'd expect to see maybe I'll go 4-0 Arsenal on this one I, I think they could really uh, pile on the misery uh, to West Ham I, I I can certainly see where you're coming from in terms of just Arsenal just steamrolling them continuing the momentum um, you know, this is probably the team that Arsenal would want to play at the moment, uh, considering the fixtures that are coming up. As you mentioned, they want to get as many points on the table as soon as possible. And then you kind of get like a free hit in those bigger games when you've secured the points in some of the games that maybe you, you expected to get points in. For West Ham, from their end, it's going to be a tough game unless they're going to be ridiculously compact, lots of concentration, hoping to get the likes of Mikel Antonio on the counter-attack and then finishing any um, chances that they do get. Uh, I can't see them having too much success in this game. I wasn't going to be as bold as you. Um, it's just because Arsenal still defensively, I'm not quite sure about them yet. So I was going to go 3-1, and I think I'm going to just stick with that. So 3-1 win to Arsenal. I just think there's a goal in there for even West Ham. Despite, you know, what's happening at, at boardroom level and off-the-pitch stuff, which seems to be a mess at the moment, I think they do have players that can trouble Arsenal players, especially on the counter-attack. Arsenal do have some trouble with transition defending, but they are very lethal you know, in transition themselves going forward. But I, I think they can be done with at least one goal going the other way. And speaking of teams that were devastating in transition last season, Southampton, you know, seemed to get a lot of goals, breaking teams down on the counter-attack. We saw how successful Everton were against Tottenham's, def you know, offensive shape, which left a lot of holes. You mentioned Doherty, bursting forward and, and leaving a lot of space how do you see the Southampton Tottenham game going and and do you think Everton would have learned a few lessons from or Southampton would have learned a few lessons from Everton and hope to maybe run down that Tottenham right hand side their left hand side a lot more yeah I think it's definitely going to be an area that Southampton target I thought um Doherty was really good at Wolves. He, he sort of played the wing-back role well. And he's obviously been signed to to play right-back for Spurs. And he didn't seem to know the position as well. I think that Marino does want him to get forward, but he probably wants him to be a little bit more disciplined. And it, it's quite early in that game that Everton saw the space that could open up down that left side. And, and, and Richarlison sort of filled his boots and got in several times over. And um, the only player you've sort of got protecting that side then is Alderweireld and although he's a very good defender he's lost a yard of pace and he didn't look comfortable at all and that that's an, an area that Southampton will be looking at they've got Nathan Redmond um, that can play that side and Danny Ings likes to pull over onto that side as well and I think that they're going to get a lot of joy if Doherty plays again um, they may bring Serge Aurier back in but um, they've got their Europa League game and I'd expect Aurier to play that game so it's definitely going to be an area uh, that Southampton will target and I'd I think Southampton are a team that really thrive in these big matches. They sort of it brings out the best in them. That they're, they're so um, good at pressing high up the pitch, and I think the players that Tottenham have, um, Dyer and, and Alderweireld, do struggle when they are pressed. And I think that it's a really bad matchup for Tottenham. Uh, last season, uh, Southampton 
quite well in these matches um, against Spurs. And, and there was nothing in that Spurs performance that made me think that they're going to go to to Southampton and get get anything from the game. They've obviously got the quality to do it. Um, and if I was a Spurs fan, I'd be hoping for a, a much improved performance at the weekend. Um, and they can deliver that. But based on what we saw from them, it's difficult difficult to see them going there and getting anything, sadly. I think that although Southampton weren't that great against Palace, I think that Palace was set up to to sort of take advantage of, of Southampton's issues as well. Southampton sort of pressed too high up the pitch and left the space in behind. And it, they may do that again, but I don't think that Tottenham are, are as good um, at sort of counter-attacking as uh, others. I think um, Son might might be quite a danger to Southampton. I could see him causing a few problems, but he seems to be in a position so wide on the pitch that he can't offer that direct goal threat that we know he can he can pose. So, I'd, I'd, if I was a Tottenham fan, I'd be very worried. This isn't a fixture you'd like to go into, especially after Southampton have just lost as well. We know how they can bounce back from defeat under Hassan Hootel. So, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be goals in this one. Um, and I'd probably say Southampton are the more likely winners and that might surprise some, but that Tottenham performance was so uninspiring. Uh, and last season, they were even more uninspiring away from home. So, it's a worry. So, yeah, I think I'd, I might go for a 2-1 Southampton win for this one. Don't say that too loudly, and and I'm certainly not going to be saying my scoreline too loudly. Um, my fiance is in the other room, and she's a massive Spurs fan. Um, for me, Spurs really looked like they they looked a bit lost in that game against Everton. They didn't really know exactly what they were doing, which is surprising for a Mourinho team. They're usually really well drilled. Whether or not he's getting to the players in the way that you know, Spurs would have hoped for. Well, based on results and the way they were, you know, the trajectory they were on, if he had started the season, they would have made top four. So maybe the the, the means just the ends justify the means for Mourinho, and that that seems to be his style of management. In any case, I just think this game, Southampton match up to them stylistically really well, and for a Tottenham team that looks very lost going forward, they don't quite know you know you, you know the goals can come from Kane and, and Son but at the moment it seems more it would come from ind- individual brilliance than necessarily a team build-up and that's going to be a struggle for them but once again it's Harry Kane it's Son I'm looking at those two specifically and, and looking at the Southampton defence I'm not sure how that defence is able to keep them out for a whole 90 minutes so I, I get the the two one scoreline that you've given. I don't know if Southampton have a second goal in them uh, for me in this game. I think you know, as much as I've said about how disorganised Spurs looked, I still think it's a Mourinho team, and he's going to be you know bullish about not conceding too many goals. And I'm I'm going to go with a one one in this game. I just think that it's both teams are going to cancel each other out in terms of scoring a goal and then not doing too much after that. I think, you know, the likes of um, Ward Prowse with their delivery, with his deliveries uh, is very dangerous. But then who's getting on the end of those is my concern for Southampton at the moment. I, I just think it's it's going to be a 1-1 game. And yeah, that's all I can say on that one, to be fair. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not expecting too many goals in this game. But now we're going to move on to... A brand new segment on this show. Um, we're 
you're going to be the guinea pig, so we'll see how it goes. If, if it goes well, I guess it will stay. But um, this segment's called Bank It or Burn It. So I'm going to put 15 seconds on the clock for each of the five fixtures that we've just gone through. So that is Everton-West Brom, Leeds United versus Fulham, Man United versus Crystal Palace, Arsenal versus West Ham, and Southampton versus Tottenham. And I've got five questions here. The questions are going to be the same for each of the fixtures. Um, Jake, if you'll indulge me, if you could just um, shout bank it or burn it. And we can see how many of these questions we can get through in 15 seconds. And we'll note your predictions. And next time you come on, we'll see how well you did and, and, and maybe just assess that a little bit. And, and, you know, if you're at home and you want to play along, please just record your 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 answers tweet them at us um especially at the there's a brand new twitter account for the podcast uh, we'll do all the plugs at the end but uh jake are you, are you ready for this yeah no pressure <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah so just uh, just scream bank it or or burn it with whichever way you see it and um i'm going to start the 30 seconds in 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 a little bit um and and then we'll see how you go and then we'll move on to the next fixture. So the first fixture is Everton West Brom. Um and your time starts now. It'll be fifteen seconds, sorry. A are there gonna be more than three yellow cards in this fixture? Bank it. B are there gonna be is the home team gonna have more possession in terms of sixty to forty possession? Bank it. Oh, brave. C, a goal by a defender. Burn it. D, VAR is going to be used to check a penalty. Burn it. Okay, we got to, we got to four questions for that one. We're going to... I'll try to go a little bit quicker for, for, for the next fixture. Um, fixture two is Leeds versus Fulham. And... Same questions as before, and as, as as you know, bank it or burn it. This is for Leeds versus Fulham. Your time starts now. More than three yellow cards. Burn it. Possession 60-40 to the home team. Bank it. A goal by a defender. Burn it. VAR used as a penalty check. Burn it. Oh. <laughs> Got close that time. It got close. It got close. <laughs> that was really close. Okay, the next fixture is my game of the week. It's Man United versus the Crystal Palace. Um, I'm I'm gonna try and blitz it this time. I, I know I'm I'm as part of this team as you are, so I got to get through the questions as well as quickly as possible. So your 15 seconds starts now. More than three yellow cards. Burn it. Possession 60-40 to the home team. Bank it. A goal by a defender. Burn it. VAR used as a penalty check. <laughs> Bank it. Player forgets to take a knee when the kickoff for the for the whistle blows. Burn it. Oh, nice. I, I snuck that one. I snuck that last <laughs> one in there. It, it's a mouthful, so I, I thought I'd give you the extra seconds. Manchester United, there's going to be a, a penalty, isn't there? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. As long as uh, Fernandez is on the pitch, I guess 
I guess you, you, you're pretty safe on that one. Um, the fourth fixture list for this week is Arsenal versus West Ham. Okay, we got through five last time. I, th- I think we got the hang of this. Your 15 seconds starts now. More than three yellow cards. Burn it. Possession 60-40 to the home team. Bank it. A goal by a defender. Bank it. VAR checks a penalty. Burn it. Player forgets to take a knee when kickoff whistle blows. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's two burns. That's two burns for the fifth one. I'm yeah, I have, I have too much faith in players to uh, to remember. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a couple this week, and I saw one or two this weekend. Um, let's see how you get on with Southampton versus Tottenham. Uh, I, I know the Southampton players are going to be keen to get into this game. Maybe that affects your your answer in in the fifth one. We'll see. But uh, your time starts now. More than three yellow cards. Bank it. Possession sixty forty to the home team. Burn it. A goal by a defender. Burn it. VAR is used to check a penalty. Burn it. Player forgets to take a knee when kickoff whistle blows. Burn it. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> I was I was trying to twist your twist your arm on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but thanks for playing along. Um, yeah, it looks like there's a lot of mixture in these answers, except for the last the the last <laughs> point. So we'll we'll see how you get on. Um, listen in next week. We'll we'll assess how he does. And uh, with with uh, whoever's going to be guesting next week, and as I mentioned, when you come on next time, we'll just keep us. Maybe we'll keep a running score line. Um, get some fans involved in 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 their burn it and banks bank it, and yeah, just just keep it fun. Yeah, hopefully I've done okay on those. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did well. I'm sure you did well. I'm just not sure about your fifth answers, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did well. The next fixture is probably the one you're going to be glued to uh, the most this weekend. That's Newcastle Brighton, uh, an inspired Newcastle, should I say, with a win last week. They looked to be creating chances, you know, uh, considering how cautious, should I say, some fans were before the season started. I can sense optimism. Brighton played against Chelsea last night um, at time of recording. I thought they looked good. Uh, the scoreline, I think, was unfortunate for them in con- considering how well I thought they played. How do you see this fixture going? Yeah, um, I, I thought on last week's podcast, there was a, a few negative comments about Newcastle. So uh, I'll rebalance that this week <laughs> with some optimism, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but no, I thought I thought we played quite well last week um, against West Ham. I thought we we deserved the three points. We the, the signings that we've made have clearly made a, an impact. Callum Wilson and Jamal Lewis and Jeff Hendrick all having an impact. And uh, Ryan Fraser, of course, is to come in as well. I think he's going to make his debut in the EFL Cup during the week. So uh, maybe he'll do well in that game and play his way into this one. But um, no, the, this is going to be a tough game, I think. Um, Brighton are a team that came up with us from the Championship. So we know each other well. Um, last year, two very boring nil-nil draws. Um, and they were very, very boring. I wouldn't recommend anybody going back to watch them. So uh, I'd, I'm hoping for something a little bit better this uh, this time. I thought Brighton were good. I agree with you there against Chelsea. They were very unfortunate to lose 3-1. Um, 
Um, and I think that the way they play football under Graham Potter um, is, is really pleasing. And um, I'm sure they're going to develop over the course of the season. I just hope they don't start uh, on Sunday. Um, I think it's going to be a game that Brighton maybe have a lot of the ball. But um, I think we, we, we don't mind that. We've got players, um, say, Maximum, um, Wilson, who like to, to run the channels and don't mind um, playing on the counter-attack. So even though we are the home team, I would expect it to go that way. Um, but yeah, um, I think I've got, to, I've got to predict a Newcastle win, even though I do think it's going to be a tough game. So yeah, I might go for a, a 2-1 Newcastle win, but it's going to be a very tough game. And I, I feel I'm, I'm letting my biases play into that prediction a little bit. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I, I, I agree in that it's going to be a very tough game. I think it's going to be low-key. It, it could steal the weekend, considering how the two teams played last week. Uh, I can see this game having a couple of goals in it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I think that Brighton are really going to be keen to capitalise on the performance last week and not necessarily the result. I do think they're goals in this Arsenal team, but I, I, I just think Brighton are going to get some goals in this game. So I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw for that one. Um, we'll move on to your game of the week, which was Chelsea versus Liverpool. Two teams that you know their fans probably are hoping that they're challenging for the title this season. How do you see this fixture going on? Yeah, um, this is going to be a, a fun one to watch, I think. Um, I, the, the game at Anfield um, in the lockdown period was, was really entertaining. I think it was 5-3 in the end, wasn't it? It was quite, a, quite an entertaining watch. I don't think we'll see as many goals this time. Um, but um, normally games like this, especially at the start of the season, they're, they're normally quite tight, even if you do think both teams have, have good attacking players. And we might have some doubts about Chelsea's defence and, and maybe Liverpool's as well after last week. But normally they're quite tight, especially at the start of the season. Chelsea and Liverpool both are going into it, not wanting to lose. Um, and I think we might see a little bit of um, a cautious approach, even from Liverpool. Um, it's not something we're uh, used to seeing, but I think Klopp will really want to, the, the defence to improve and maybe there will be a little bit more um, cautious uh, ca- um, caution in their, in their approach. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight one, I think. Um, Chelsea weren't too great, as I said earlier. I wasn't too impressed with them, but they've got some really talented players. Um and it's, they're only going to benefit from playing that match against Brighton and, and getting the win. Um, but I think I'll, I'm going to predict a 1-0 Liverpool win. I just think that these games, especially at the start, are so tight. And I just think they'll have the the the, the players, um, sort of the, the knowledge of playing alongside each other. They'll have that. They'll have the cohesion that maybe Chelsea don't have. And that should be enough to, to get them the win. Uh, this is going to be my bias uh, scoreline of the week. Uh, obviously being the Liverpool fan here. I think that this game, you know, it, it's written in in the headlines already, in my opinion, that Timo Werner is going to score for Chelsea. So they'll definitely get a goal in this game. And, and I'm going to I'm gonna say that Timo Werner is going to get that goal. It just writes itself. The guy that was meant to be coming to Liverpool ends up at Chelsea, scores a goal. But I think that the game's going to end 2-1. I think Liverpool just have a little bit too much going forward. I'm I'm not too confident at the Chelsea defence at the moment. And they they seem to be a team that will struggle in transition defending. And Liverpool, that's one of their biggest strengths uh, is transition at um, offence. And I think they can bag two goals there. Um, are you confident enough to give a goal scorer for Liverpool? 
Yeah, I think if I was to do that, I might go for Virgil van Dijk. I think that it could be a, a set piece. And it, I think that he was threatening last week, got one goal, nearly got another. And we obviously know the delivery that um, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson have. And Chelsea, I, especially towards the back end of last season, they didn't impress me with their set piece um, defending. Be interested to see if Thiago Silva comes into the team, maybe that will improve it. But um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being the... Uh, the thing that settles the game, a set piece, and Van Dijk is always the most likely to score from one of those. Speaking of teams that are good with set pieces, our next fixture is Leicester versus Burnley. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind putting a, a bet on a set piece goal coming in this game. Um, how do you see this game going? Leicester off the back of a win. Uh, Burnley didn't get to play last week because their match was postponed. How how do you think they're going to fare in this game? How do you think Leicester try and hopefully continue the the winning ways, you know, from their perspective? Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting game. It's always interesting to see teams for the first time. We haven't seen Burnley yet. Uh, I think they'll probably play in the Cup uh, this week, but uh, we don't have anything to go on off that at, at the time of recording. So uh, we'll go back to the end of last season. Um, thought they ended the season quite well. They're always tough to beat. Um, you know what you're going to get with uh, Burnley under Sean Dyche. Um, and even though they haven't really made any signings, I'm not sure if that's going to impact them too much. I think that um, they're so well organised. They'll go go up to Leicester and they'll be tough to beat. But I think Leicester should have the uh, should have enough to get the three points. I think they'll benefit from that game last week, um, getting them back to to winning ways after a poor end to the season. Um, so yeah, I think that they should have enough. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to tip the one nil Leicester win. I don't think there'll be many goals. Uh, Burnley are good at the back, but I think that um, Leicester should have enough. So I'm going to go for one nil Leicester win. And I'm predicting a lot of clean sheets here. I'm noticing, so maybe I need to <laughs> have too much faith in defences. But uh, yeah, I can see Leicester getting another win. Well, their last two head-to-head fixtures in in the Premier League were. Burnley won 2-1 back in January and then last October Leicester won 2-1 and both games went obviously to the home team. I'm going to go head-to-head against you in this one and go against their last two head-to-heads. I'm going to go with an away win in this one and I'm going to go 1-0 away from home. So you got 1-0 for the home team, I've got 1-0 for the away team. Listeners, you can pick and choose which one is correct um and and good luck for that jake uh how do you how do you feel going head to head on this fixture yeah if, we, if we're going head to head i'd recommend the listeners back the draw <laughs> <laughs> nicely done well well a game that i've i've got as a draw um i'm, I'm gonna say my scoreline off the bat i've got a 1-1 draw in this game is aston villa versus sheffield you know sheffield having lost the game against Wolves, who I think is going to be an exciting team this this year. Um, so I, I don't think we can take too much from that in terms of our Sheffield regressing. Uh, I just think Wolves are going to be really dangerous this year. Uh, against an Aston Villa team that um, they, their captain has also signed a brand new contract, hopefully looking to bounce into this game with that good news. How do you see this game going? Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one. I didn't think the Sheffield United played too well yesterday, um, especially they were very slow starting and, and they seem to be quite vulnerable from set pieces. Um, so yeah, this is one that I could see maybe a corner goal. I thought Aston Villa were quite threatening from set pieces towards the end of last season uh, in Konza and 
Um, Tyrone Mings, they've got two defenders that, that are quite physical and can, can pose that threat. Um, they'll obviously start the season in, with a bit of momentum following, uh, staying up and then keeping Grealish to a, a longer-term deal. Obviously signed a, a Ollie Watkins from the Championship, who's one of the leading scorers there. So hopefully a added goals. So yeah, I think Aston Villa coming to the season with quite a lot of optimism. Um, Sheffield United, they did play well, but they always seem to bounce back and, and from poor performances under Chris Wilder. He does have such high expectations and he, he won't want them to to deliver another sort of poor performance this time. So I, I think the one-all scoreline is, is quite a good one. Uh, yeah, I might, might, might back you up on that. I can, can see it being 1-1. So that's the second game uh, that listeners can bank uh, for this episode. We've already got uh, a banker early on for Leeds versus Fulham, where we both went 2-0. But yeah, I think 1-1's a good score for this one. I'm sure both sets of fans will be hoping for different scoreline than that. But um, yeah, that's what we're going to go with here. Uh, one of the games, maybe in contrast to this one, that might be a bit more tactical and, 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 and strategic, Wolves versus Man United um, versus Manchester City. I think this game is going to be free flowing, a lot of counter attacking football. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think last season Wolves won both the matches against Manchester City, so it's going to it's definitely one that that could could come out in a Wolves win. Although Guardiola will, will be reminding his players what happened last year, um, and they'll probably be more aware of the threat posed by Dama Traore, who caused them a lot of problems last year. So. Um, definitely going to be an interesting one it's not the game that Manchester City would have picked to start their season it's a, it's a very tough game um, but I would say I, I do expect Manchester City to come come into the season with um, a lot of motivation where maybe they didn't have it last year after back-to-back titles I think they're gonna be be re- revigorated uh, to come back and really um, te- chase Liverpool down and, and make it a, a title race and uh yeah, I think that they'll remember what happened last year. And, and although they beat Manchester City twice, uh, I, I can't see um, Wolves doing it again. I just don't think that it, it, it might happen once, it might happen twice. I just can't see it happening for a third time. Um, and I think they'll they'll be so motivated, Manchester City. Um, and I think they might have Aguero back for the game as well. Um, not That's not conclusive, but I think that he might play. So um, if he does, that, that will add even more of a goal threat. And, and post-lockdown, they were. Scoring a lot of goals, um, so yeah, I, I think I'm gonna tip the Manchester City win here, but I do agree there'll be goals, so I might go three two to Manchester City. Oh, that 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 would be a perfect way to end the weekend for any neutral fan. I think a game with bags of goals. I uh, I worry about the Man City defense. We saw how shaky it was last season, and we know that Laporte probably won't be able to play this game. Um, and that has me worried in terms of can they keep a clean sheet or keep the scoreline pretty low in terms of Wolves' goals. So I think 3-2 is a good shout. But um, I just think that Wolves on the counter-attack are going to be too dangerous. You look at the pace of the Adama Traores, you know, that that's definitely going to be someone that they're going to be leaning on heavily. But just the finishing quality of uh, Raul Jimenez, I'm, I'm always impressed by that. I... I'm going to go with the, I don't know if it's a shock win, considering, as you said, Wolves won the last two Premier League fixtures that they had. I'm going to go with the, a decisive 2-0 Wolves win in this game. I just think, once again, 
I think I'm leaning over towards the, the teams that have already played versus the teams that are coming to this game. Actually, yeah, if, if Aguero is playing, I, I can you can't you can't deny him a goal in in any game. To be fair, I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to go two uh, one to Wolves, so they get the home win, and and that will be the perfect way to end um, this weekend in terms of just a, a game with goals and an exciting game that goes back and forth. I think that's that's going to do it for this episode of A Tad Predictable. Uh, before we go, Jake, do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, so you can, you can get me on Twitter at JakeJack with two ends. I post anything I do over there. I, I'm on the EPL Roundtable, uh, as uh, you mentioned in the intro. And uh, I was on that this week. So if you want to go back and listen to that for a little few more thoughts on Newcastle and, and the Premier League weekend as a whole, you can go and get that on the EPL Index Network as well. Um, and I also write for the EPL Index website as well, so you can get any of my articles on there. I think I've got something on Willian going up in the next couple of days, so that might be an interesting read. And from my end, uh, you can go ahead and check out all the content on EPL Index website. Jake's going to be there writing a lot, as, as he's mentioned. There are other great writers on there, lots of content. If you want more in-depth match previews, we got those there. Some post-match reviews um, from the previous weekend, and that maybe might help you in steering you further in, in making your predictions for this weekend. There are also player performances if you're looking to single out some players, and, and all the news is covered on, on the website as well with regards to English Premier League football. Of course, there's the Daily Show, uh, the Two-Footed Podcast with Dave Hendrick. That goes on every single day. There was a special as well over the weekend. Um, so there's plenty of content in terms of podcasting if you want to listen to that one. And then, obviously, we have the flagship show, the EPL Roundtable. We mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We'll mention it again at the end of the show. Um, it's hosted by Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They review and preview the happenings around the EPL so you can also then now follow this show with the brand new Twitter page. It's at ATADPredictable on Twitter. Um, so yeah, let, let's get those followers up. Interact with us. Send us your scoreline predictions as well as any of your Bank It or Burn It answers that you have. And, and we'll try and keep track of those. You can then also follow EPL Index at EPL Index on Twitter. Um, I highly recommend that you subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel with your podcast provider. That way you won't miss any of the podcasts that come out. Um, if you feel so in indulged, please give us five stars, write some positive comments. That good stuff really, really helps us out and, and gets us out there. Um, yeah, and I've been Tadio Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at TadPredictable. So <laughs> the podcast is at a tad predictable. I'm at tad predictable. Makes it a lot easier for, for myself and for you guys as well for following. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. As mentioned before, he's been Jake Jackman. That's at Jake Jackman with two N's. And remember, Chisinga Pere, Chinoshura. Podcast Network.